Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello and welcome to the Chase Down, part of the Leverage the Chat Network. Uh, your ears are not deceiving you. Uh, I am not Justin Rowan. This is his normal co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Uh, Justin is not with us today, but instead, perhaps unfortunately, we have Fear the Swords, Ryan Morton. Morton, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How does it feel to upgrade? Um, well, it's weird because Great. the pod is upgrading for me as the host, and then we're downgrading probably as a sidekick from me to you. So I think it's a net net even. Counterpoint, it's like your <laughs> your podcast dressed up to fly and has been moved to the complimentary first class section. I have free cookies, fresh foods, and alcohol. Um, so if you need any of that, just press the button, let me know. I'm confused. Are you the first class passenger or are you like the stewardess? I am the first class in general. All right. Uh, so, Cab, uh, we're recording right after the Cavs uh, beat the piss out of the 76ers, 113-91, to 91, and it probably wasn't that close. Uh, obviously, Philly couldn't shoot in this one, but the bench went crazy again. Old man game. It's, it's getting kind of crazy <clears throat> at this point how consistently it happens, like where I know that because I think a big part of it is just that Calderon is obviously like he's been fine, but he's still limited. Jr. goes through these weird fits and starts where he's not capable of playing. Same with Jay with Jay Crowder. Um, Kevin Love has to fight against Joel Embiid every night. But like you just know, like when that second unit comes in, they are going to kind of outmatch whatever second unit the opposition has. And Wade is, I mean, how do you how do you feel about Wade right now? Like this is like it feels sustainable to me. Yeah. Um, and, and do pardon my, uh, I'm getting over the flu a little bit here. So I'm all congested and, uh, I sound terrible. Do you think every um, podcaster just perpetually has the flu? Because I feel like every pod I listen to, that's what I hear. Well, I am never sick. However, you know, Thanksgiving family, sure. um, I, I encountered small children that for some reason wanted to interact with me. And, I, I can't imagine why that yeah, would ever happen. Immediately, right. Like, I want to dap this kid up. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, he might be like three or four. I have no idea. My cousins had him for a while. I don't know when he bought him. Um, or, well, they gave birth to him. But, um, the uh, yeah, so he has me pick him up, and then he puts his blanket in my mouth. That's Which great. is really gross and weird. Um, and I've been throwing up for three days. Oh, jeez, man. Um, it's good. We're good now. I like the way so, that you just talked about your relative's child like it was a Honda Civic. <laughs> that is how <laughs> I interpret children. Yeah, yeah. he's had them for about three years. I don't know. Maybe I four? think he's like a, like a, I don't know. Like a 2012 model, model 2013 yeah. model. Um, but anyway, he, doesn't that, have, he doesn't have side airbags. Um, <laughs> but Back to weight. <clears throat> yeah, so back to the weight. Um, I thought that his best position would be starting point guard with the Cavs starters, but the 
I don't know, bench point guard, it suits him really well when he's playing with Corver and Fry. Uh, he, he really has the space, you know, which is what he needs. He doesn't need to be taking a shot probably unless he's wide open outside of 16 or 17 feet. Um, so yes, you know, he has space to get to the rim and then find those shooters and find Jeff Green as a cutter. And when they play with LeBron on the floor with that lineup, it, it really unlocks everybody. You put Wade down in the dunker position where you would normally have a Tristan Thompson or, uh, you know, Jay Crowder, Kevin Love. And then uh, it, and it unlocks everyone else because it, it keeps them in a more slotted spot. And he provides an astounding amount of rim protection for such a small guy that kind of makes it all go as well. Two blocks um, tonight, including one that was just like a straight up block on Embiid. Like it wasn't, right? it wasn't like you know, like he kind of got him from the weak side. No, like he was guarding Embiid, and then he jumped and blocked him. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, and hopefully, I mean, I, I would hope it should last. I don't see any reason that portion of the rotation should change anytime soon. Um, you know, I, I would think when Isaiah Thomas comes back, you're just dropping Calderon and Shump completely out as opposed to, to touching those guys at all. That gets you to 30 minutes on a night like tonight. Like Calderon played 30 or 23. Uh, Shumpert played seven. There you go. There's your 30 right there. And like, right. I don't know if you need to play Thomas that many more minutes. And no. I did say, Not say for a while. I saw someone on Twitter like a couple days ago talk about Thomas's return and talking about like how the bench unit should get even better with Thomas. And I was actually thinking like, I actually just want Thomas to play all his minutes with LeBron. Like, I don't even want to stagger it at this point. Like, do you even need to mess up a good thing? Yeah. I mean, why touch the bench unit? Like, why you just drop Isaiah Thomas in to start? You know, I mean, you can start tweaking with that stuff. Cause the bench unit's not going to have, you know, a plus 25 net rating or whatever they have. <laughs> you know, something absurd. Um the numbers for tonight, they had a, a 125 offensive rating and a 69 defensive rating. Is that with is, LeBron off the floor? That is just the second unit. Okay. Fine. It's, it's uh, Mike from Fear Sword that's tweeting it. Um, and now I missed it. I don't know where it went. But, um, uh, oh, sorry. That is when Fry and Embiid shared the court tonight. So wow. I'm very wrong. Um, but still, I mean, you're close enough. Fry played most, you know. 17 minutes of, of the second unit. But either yeah. way, I mean, they, they've got an absurd net rating, and that's obviously not going to last. Guys, you're going to get hurt. You're going to you're gonna go into some doldrums. But until that happens, man, don't touch the minutes, like, of those guys at all. Just can leave I, everything can I give as you, is. Can I give you the, the stats with LeBron on the bench tonight? Yes. So LeBron played 31 minutes tonight. Cavs had a net rating of 3.4. Uh, in the 17 minutes he sat, they had a net rating of 60.1. <laughs> That's even better than the numbers that I listed uh, before. That, that is bonkers, man. Uh, they had 131.6 offensive rating, 71.5 defensive rating. Like, obviously, the defense was bullshit, but, like, they do score at a really good rate. Um, well, they they have sh you know so much shooting, and they have guys that just know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, that's I, like, I think go ahead. in the NBA, what you run into is guys that don't know who they are or don't trust who they are. Um, whereas you get a bunch of, I mean, everyone in that lineup is thirty something, so you get all these old dudes out there, especially guys like Corver, Fry, and Wade, who only have one thing left to do at this point, 
and it's it's a whole hell of a lot easier for everyone to kind of row in the same direction. And it's also worth noting, like, these bench units all year have had a really good defensive rating, despite having, you know, some pretty subpar defenders. Like, their net their defensive rating without LeBron on the floor has been 97.8 in 217 <laughs> minutes with LeBron on the bench. And, I think, and that's not a terrible sample. No, that's, like, getting, like, worthwhile at this point. And I think, like, I was talking to Justin about this off other than Gchat or something like that. And it does feel like they know how limited they are from an athletic standpoint with that those units, and they just play really hard. Like, they do play hard, and they're all pretty smart at this point defensively. And, like, that combination against second-unit offenses, like, turns into a pretty good defensive lineup, even though you've got Wade, who's not normally a plus defender anymore, Corver, Fry. Like, it just works because they know it has to. And you have a lot of size. Yeah. Uh, oh. You know, the, the the way you mitigate that lack of speed and athleticism, and that's that's why I like Wade at the one, be it starting or coming off the bench. Because um, he's not going to, you know, he's not bigger than twos or faster than twos. So that's that's where him at the one really works out. And, and he can kind of do the Kirilenko thing, where if a guy gets past him, he can still use those that wingspan to bother him. Right. At the point um, of release. Like, uh, yeah, I, I just think, like, you look at this bench unit and they just know how to play. I mean, Green, like, I mean, are we ready to, like, have we been, like, in, are we the next suckers that have, like. Never, never trust Jeff Green. That's the thing. Like, I You just don't... enjoy it while it's happening, man. Jeff Green is, like, um. No, that'd probably get you guys kicked off the air. Um, <laughs> I just like want to like have an extended like like censorship beep for the next like twenty seconds, and people can just pretend what you said. But Jeff Green is like, you know, something that you can worry about the consequences of it while it's happening. Are you going to say like crack or something like some hard hey, drug? Man. No, 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 no. It's all good. Um, <laughs> But much better would be to enjoy it while it's happening, because when it turns sour, you might regret it or get arrested. Sure. But the, Both uh, in the case of Jeff Green. Right. Whoever's so, running, whoever the Magic's GM is, whose name I always forget, he actually was arrested for giving him that deal last year. He was? No. Uh, uh, okay. It's just a joke. Rob Hennigan. Hennigan, yeah, that guy. Uh, but yeah, terrible. I mean, the thing with Green, though, is that... Like, what he's doing isn't unsustainable from a pure, like, objective standpoint. He, if it's going to stop, it's because he just starts being dumb and, like, taking a bunch of terrible shots. And, like, I think to some extent, a lot of playing, like, on LeBron teams, like, they just, you're just not really empowered to do dumb shit because they, they don't let you play. Um, like, yeah. other than Shump, who they, like, bemuse with his like two or three pull-ups a game uh first of all no shump slander will prosper here on my podcast on your and podcast second, got it and second of all yes welcome to leverage the shump um second of all i i think you know shumpert buys some of that leverage because he plays so hard you know even when he's kind of playing helter skelter so to speak um he's doing it at 100 miles an hour but yeah. 
but for, I mean, for the most part, you're right. And that's that's where the Derrick Rose thing was so weird. Yeah, they because, could not coax good play out of him. Yeah, it's like, all right, you know, or a few years ago, Timothy Mozgov kept just repeatedly, and it was probably because of his knee injury, but he was just so repeatedly making the same mistakes and always bad. And it's like, man, you know, how are they, how is this still occurring? But you see little of why. Um, you know, Kevin Love can't guard Joel Embiid every night. Like, yeah, that's that, probably I mean, not, not going to be. I don't know. I, you you wonder where Tristan slots back in, but you also can't have your rotation of bigs be Kevin and Channing and that's Jay it. Crowder. You know. Like, yeah, I mean, at this point, like it does just feel like, even though Crowder has played a little better as of late, he had a real stinker of a game today. But it does feel like once Thompson's back and healthy, he will be put back in that starting lineup. I feel like that's the right call. Ultimately, uh, do you agree? It might be. I don't know. Well, yeah, the starting lineup's not playing all that great. So. Yeah, they're not playing well, so I'm not that worried about blowing it up. And honestly, I'd still rather have what that allows you to do is playing Love and and uh, Tristan together in the starting lineup is it creates an easier pathway to keep Channing in the rotation. And I think at this point he's earned that. Like, it's really hard to have Tristan be your backup center and then also still find minutes for Channing. Right. So, but then, what do you do? Where do you, where do you put Jay Crowder? Crowder you know? just becomes your backup three next and four with Jeff Green, I guess. Like, because it is hard to knock Green out of the rotation at this point. Well, you can't. Yeah, you I can. mean, you've got a the, the lineup of Wade, Green, Corver, and Fry is too good. At yeah. least in my opinion, I agree. And you you got to run it until it dries up. Um, so. Yeah, the Tristan thing's really interesting because you can see where they need him, but also they're doing so well with very specific lineups right. that are. But I do think, like in a lot of cases, like putting Tristan back in the starting lineup, in a lot of ways, he probably just kind of takes Jose Calderon's rotation spot, you know, and like he's like an amalgam of taking Calderon's minutes and Shump's minutes, and then. You know, I think Love plays a little less. Um, I think Jay plays a little less, and and uh, well, that was that was that was my thing because it seems like Thomas is going to be back before Tristan. Yeah, that's probably fair. So if Isaiah's already got Coderon's minutes, yeah, and Shump's tough. minutes, yeah, I, th- I think um, probably the do you just drop Jay out of the rotation? Right no, now? you can't I mean, do that. Are you sure? Yeah, because you can't lose him either. Like I think like. Unless you're just sure that this is what he is, which I think would be kind of foolhardy based on his uh, track record. Uh, here's my here's my angle, and on you know, I think in watching Jay Crowder as a player, and there's guys you can drop into spots like Jeff Green. It seems like you can drop into spots. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, you drop them into spots, and they kind of do stuff. Um, I don't think Jay Crowder you can drop in like i think he needs to fully understand everything and he's not comfortable until he knows where he's supposed to be and going to be and where everyone else is supposed to be and going to be and it takes everyone you know different amounts of time but he's clearly not there at least in in my watching him so if you are sitting him and and letting him kind of take that all in at his own speed um that might be better for 
Yeah, but also I think, like, he's a sensitive guy. Like, I think we know that. And I do I do worry about losing him if you do that. Uh-huh. You, you might just lose him. And the optics... Well, first off, it's not going to happen because I don't think they'll let that happen optically. Uh, at, because it's a prideful organization, for better or worse. Um, but, I mean, you, there are spots to cut. Like, JR does not need to be second on the team in minutes. He's playing 30 minutes a game. Playing the way he's playing, you can probably drop him down to 25. You can drop LeBron by a couple. You can drop, uh, you'll inevitably, you'll invariably drop Crowder. You'll invariably, probably, Shump just has to leave the rotation. That's, I don't think there's any yeah. way around Shump, it. Shump and Calder on are out. Yeah, Once IT is back, Shump and Calder on are out. And I they're, think they're going to have to play 10 guys. That's what it is. Like, Lou doesn't really like playing a 10-man rotation, but he has to if you want Fry in there. And I think at this point, Fry has earned the right to play 8 to 10 minutes a game. So 10 guys would be current starters. And then your four off the bench right now are Chang, Corver, Green, and Wade. So now, it will, and you've got 11 guys. I mean, you've got to find a spot for IT. And, well, I guess he'd be part of he would replace Cal- okay. He would replace right. Calderon. And then, right, right. yeah, and that, there you go. Then you're good. So that, right. that's yeah. your 10. And I think that's what you do in the regular season is you play those 10. In the postseason, you have the luxury to say, sorry, man, it's the playoffs. You don't work against this team. And then you, then you get selective and you pair it down to eight or nine based on the matchups oh man i don't it's it's weird to envision the Cavs with too many players to play but that's what we're at yeah i mean ultimately maybe, i mean maybe <laughs> yeah i guess like <laughs> i i don't like yeah i mean you know one of the guys is jeff green one of the guys is would be nearing his way out of the rotation if they hadn't just traded the second best player in franchise history for him so yeah i mean it's, it's no, you're totally right. Having too many guys doesn't mean every single guy is playing well. Like, that's definitely not the case. But you do have – they do have too many guys in the sense of – and this was what we talked about even before the season when they signed Rose and when they signed Wade uh, and they signed Green. It was like, man, there's a lot of prideful dudes that are all going to want to play. I do think it's pretty fair to say even if Rose rejoins the team, he's never being a rotation player again. No. I mean, I don't see how you could the, – the, there's so much evidence – that it's just not going to work out. Yeah, well, and, you know, part of me has wondered, like, hey, the Cavs weren't playing well collectively in those seven games. Hard to put it all on Rose, and we're probably overstating it, but it's like now that Wade is crystallized into the Wade he is at backup point guard, you cannot take the ball out of his hands. Right. And, yeah, I just don't think he's ever going to be a rotation player again, even if he decides to come back. And you could tell in LeBron's quotes and Wade's quotes, it was like, no, we don't need him. <laughs> they were like, yeah. like, they know. they. And I think that was the first step. It was like, remember when we were kind of talking, it was like, do the Cavs know Rose is bad? Because we mean, know. There, yeah, there's too much. You know, and the Cavs have shown stubbornness in the past. But we know they consume this data and they're just, you know, maybe saving it for later. And there's there's way too much. And if you look at Derek's game, like for him to help you, what does he need to change? He needs to pass more, which is not a strong suit. He needs to shoot less, which is not a strong suit. And he needs to defend. Not a so, strong suit. 
like what what can you get out of him that makes it worth it? Are you gonna take the ball, like you said, out of Dwayne Wade's hands to hope that he's gonna defend and use those drives to create instead of thinking he's gonna make every layup, like, you know, and, and I understand where the struggle is for him. But it's like, man, unfortunately you're not that guy anymore, and that's kind of where he is, why he is where he is, because he knows he's not that guy anymore. Um but, you know, you, the things you need him to do, he's unlikely to do. And even if he were able to do them, why would you take the ball from Isaiah Thomas? Why would you take the ball from, from Dwayne Wade to hope that happens? Yeah, it's, you the, know? it's the classic, and we've I've talked about it a ton with Love and people wanting to change the offense to feature Love more. And, like, sure, that might help. But also it's the classic case of what's best for Kevin Love's numbers is not necessarily what's best for the Cavs. What's best for, like, you can't bend over backwards to accommodate Derrick Rose's game at the expense of your own team success. And, like, at this point, that's what they would have to do. Yeah, it's so no. He's never playing again for the Cavs. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Not as a rotation yeah, Oh, player. yeah. I mean, and like you said, as soon as LeBron's like, ah, it's not going to help us, but, you know, he's well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is perfectly fair. Um but, yeah, I mean, the players, no. I have no idea. I, I still don't understand signing him. I don't understand signing Calderon either. Um, he has been a, a bit of a pleasant surprise and that he's been able to tread water these last few games after he was so completely so overmatched. Yeah. Um, which And he might be a guy that he has to learn everything as well. Uh, so we might have been a little unfair to him to start with. But I don't think so. I mean, I just think that bad. With Paul, yeah, well, I mean, he was especially horrible, and that's what happens sometimes when you're old. You know, you have really bad games. And I, but I think the thing with Calderon to me, and like, this is like so unnecessary because we know he's not going to be in the rotation sooner rather than later, but he doesn't accumulate stats at all. <laughs> like, his, uh, his complete, like, and like, obviously, stats are like not a great read of how basketball goes. But, like, he doesn't do anything most nights. It's, like, yeah. 18 minutes, one shot attempt, two assists, zero turnovers, zero steals, zero rebounds. It's just, like, he's just, yeah. like, he doesn't make mess up, which I think people like. But, like, he also doesn't do anything that would, like, he doesn't put himself in situations where he could possibly mess up. And that ends up being a pretty unimpactful player, ultimately. Like, he's been fine when the rest of the team is fine, but he's never going to, like, save you. The perfect player to play with LeBron. Yep. Hey, man, don't completely screw everything up. Sit okay. In the, sit in the corner. Okay. He had a couple Sorry. nice passes today, though. Like, I, in fi- I think you're right. I especially, I've been really hard on him, but I, I do owe him an apology to some extent. But whatever. It, it, the signings aren't ultimately going to burn them. I think that's fair, like, I think we. I think you were with me in being annoyed about the Richard Jefferson move to make room for Wade. Oh, yeah. uh, but you know, it's this is the classic like we knew it probably wasn't going to matter, but it was the bad process that bothered us, and ultimately, it's not going to matter. Um, and they're go ahead. They're yeah. The whole the the how early they sign him just really sticks in. Oh yeah, my side. It's like yo man. <laughs> You didn't need to do that. And I argue with everybody. It's like, oh, we were going to get for the minimum, though, it's better. It's not about that, man. It's about you doing it in July. Yeah, it's like, about- you didn't even get to the end of the line and figure out 
you know, who would take a one year run on a title contender to up their value next year instead of taking the three year, $12 million deal from in Orlando or Sacramento. Like, you didn't even get there. You just signed a dude that would have been there anyway. And if he uh, wasn't, then oh well. Like, you have to be okay losing Jose Calderon on the third day of free agency. Like, right. I'm, I'm sure there were some other contenders like, hey, what about Calderon? And they're like, we'll wait. And then the Cavs snatched him up and they shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reasonable way to feel about it. Like, oh, well, move on. Uh, I'm glad he played well. What was he? He was a minus two tonight. Well, he's fine. He was fine. And that's like, I think best case scenario for Calderon is always going to be fine. And that's, if he's fine more often than not, then that's good. Hey, Chase Down listeners, listen up. The Cavaliers may not care about the regular season, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but it's not like the other guys. On Draft, you play in real-life snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you, so you won't be screwed if Derrick Rose gets scratched at the very last minute. Though, if you're rostering Rose, you probably don't deserve to win in the first place. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part? You can play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start at just $1, so you don't have to be Dan Gilbert if you want to buy your way in. There's no salary caps, and you can play in a real live snake draft, just like the one you play in with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app at any time. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or you can play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But if you want that, you're going to have to use our promo code, the Chase Down. That's the Chase Down, one word. That's right. You can play a real money game for free just for using our promo code, the Chase Down, one word, on your first deposit on draft. Do you think, I, I know that you are a big proponent of the long game. But LeBron's been so bonkers this year. Like, at what point do you just think, like, he is the MVP? Um, in March? I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the MVP is so much. Like, you have to have a great year all year, and then you have to win that March publicity battle. I really feel like. Like, there's that's, three or four guys. Point. There's three or four guys that are going to be there. And you have to have those signature games. That's why LeBron didn't win MVP last year, and why you know? Harden, and that's why Harden didn't win last year. Right? Harden had I mean, a Russ is amazing. The year. And contrary to um, foreign beliefs that probably permeate this publication, um, Russ is great. Yeah, you know, he's good. Um, but I do think like people were ready to give it to Harden, and then Harden just couldn't go take it. In yeah, March. I mean, people were ready to give it to LeBron. There's like three or four people that said that their slide at the end of the year is why they took him off their ballot or put him second. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's what you have to do. You know, like Kyrie, if his October and November was his March and April, yeah, he'd have it locked up. You have, you're, you're in the hunt. You have a few big games at the end of March, beginning of April, and you're probably going to win MVP. And if the Cavs can, can do that 
and LeBron is still playing this absurd basketball. He's, he's got an efficiency rating over 30. If he's still doing this, these numbers at the end of the year, you know, it's going to overtake James Harden as as the talk of the league, I think. Um, and I don't know what it is about Harden, but people just kind of seem to not be in on him. I think I think last year put a really bad taste in people's mouths. Right. The, well, the postseason. Yeah, well, that's true. That game, uh, that game seven was about as bad as you'll see a star player play. I like I don't if Harden if we all agree that Harden's like a top five player. That's and he um, definitely is. Yeah, I, that that's about as horrid as you can look. Like he wasn't awake. He was getting burned. He couldn't get. He didn't even bother getting shots up. And the Spurs beat him without beat their asses without Kawhi. Like I just think. I know it's not a postseason award, but I think that reputation is going to be hard for him to shake, especially since he kind of no-showed that first finals. Um, and then, you know, he that, that weird... And there's always just that weird juju around Harden. Like, he got traded after the, they made the finals because he had a horrible finals and they didn't weren't sure if... And, you know, obviously it was a huge mistake by OKC, but he wasn't in the finals. Then... He finishes second in MVP, and everyone's back on the Harden train. They make it to the conference finals. Then they go 41-41 and 41 or whatever, and he hits a game winner against the Warriors in the first round, and his team is openly furious they have to go play another game. <laughs> and then last year, it's this dream season, and then he collapses in the playoffs again. Like, There's just a weird energy around him, and I think it's starting to add up for people. Yeah, and... and- you know, the other thing with LeBron's candidacy is I, I in addition to everything else, he's he's nearing that spot where he's he's due for a lifetime achievement MVP. I totally <laughs> agree with this. I totally um, agree with this, especially since no one seems everyone like I think like it also is a natural market correction for the we maybe got a little caught up by the rust stuff, like not even saying he didn't deserve it, but like there was definitely like a huge narrative and like Russ a, isn't even his most egregious robbery. Yeah. Steve Nash has one of I, I will never come off of I think it's Steve Nash's second MVP. Um a lot, might have been a lot of Kobe stands say that should have been Kobe, the second MVP. I don't I don't remember which one it was. But the Cavs won they had like an eighty percent winning percentage down the stretch. LeBron was averaging thirty eight and eight. And Steve Nash won MVP, and I will never not be annoyed by that because, yeah. And then Derrick Rose also stole one of his MVPs. That, and, that is no doubter. That was a we're mad at LeBron MVP. Right. And, yeah. Um, but my point is, like, we did get caught up with, like, this big over, like, the season-long narrative with Russ. You know, the playing without KD, like, it just made him an obviously sympathetic voter like no one seems to agree that russ is a top three player like it was about not individual. no i don't think really last year i think people still put most most people would agree that it's lebron kd staff or you know maybe harden in there but most people don't put russ there and well, i mean i think he had a top three season yeah he might not be a top three talent yeah that's I what mean, i'm he, saying he though broke- he broke Oscar Robinson's record and averaged triple double. I don't know. I'm always here for rewarding that kind of amazing output. Yeah, I'm not saying like, it was wrong. I'm saying it was like it was caught up in a narrative and 
a caught up, like the triple doubles became a really important thing. And it does feel like there might be a little market correction to let's just give it to the best guy again. That's right. what I'm saying. And, you know, and oh, he season is kind of hypothetically nearing the end of the line. We know we took a few of them away from him. We somehow gave that finals MVP to Andre Gdala. Um Let's give him one. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, and it's not like he doesn't. As long as the Cavs, like, if the Cavs win at this clip, the they're winning 65% of their games right now. I think that's probably enough because the Rockets are going to cool off a little bit. The Celtics are going to cool off a little bit. And I think the Cavs might finish slightly above that, but I do think that gives them gets them to, like, if they get to, like, 55 wins, I think that's enough team success, um, knowing the injuries and stuff like that that they've dealt with, where his stats are just too overwhelming. I mean, he's bonkers right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he's still shooting 40% from three, what's he at right now? 42? <laughs> 58, 58, 42, 77 um, with God. eight rebounds and 8.6 assists. So, and 1.2 blocks, 1.2 steals. Um, that's absurd. I think so. Not to yeah. change, not to change the subject too much, but like, I do think if there's a case to not put Tristan Thompson back in the lineup, it's LeBron's offensive numbers. With um, yeah, like I mean that offense, like sure, you, like you're really wearing down Kevin, but like LeBron playing the four on offense is effing unfair. That's the struggle because yeah, I mean I, I think that a lot of how can you know he's well I guess you need to see who he is if he's as lethargic as he looked at the beginning of the year, um. You might need some some backup plans. Like if he's, and I don't know what the deal is. I know people talked about it. I think it was a knee or an ankle. I think it was knee. Um, but man, like he did not look himself at the beginning of the year, or really most of the finals, other than a few games. And he's, you know, he's a six nine center that can't shoot. If he's not playing harder than everyone else, and he's not, he doesn't have that athletic speed edge. Um, He's not helping you a ton. He's got, he, he is a player who does not have the luxury of being anything other than his best self. Right. And that's kind of what we saw with Anderson Verja. Yeah. I think um, that's a great, that's a, that's an interesting comparison, but I don't think yeah. it's necessarily wrong. Like I, two very energy based players thriving on offensive rebound rates. Uh, yeah, I, I think, th- but you know, you did hear like when Wendy came on our pod, ha <laughs> ha plug uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but when he was on the pod i mean he talked about it kind of being a potential blessing in disguise and i don't think that's necessarily wrong like having him getting a month just to rest that knee uh probably is doing him some good and maybe longer you yeah, know i mean how it. much are you really going to force him out there um yeah yeah i just don't know how much you change while you know while this is rolling and, and also, and to like, that, he's not running yet. That's oh, the, man. Yeah, I think that was the report that came out. So, like, he seems behind schedule, which, I mean, could be a problem. Yeah, if he's not even running yet, I mean, you add another three weeks to that for sure. When they said it was supposed to be three weeks initially, which is the first time I've ever seen him flub something like that. Yeah, normally uh, they go, they way overshoot like they're doing with Thomas, where it seems like it feels like Thomas is coming back the next two weeks at this point uh, he said he's 
right there. Yeah, he said, you know, like t- time sticking away or whatever, a couple steps away. Uh, he said today it was almost time, so. Yeah. Uh, it just. Uh, so the point is they typically do over project. So it is a little anxiety inducing to hear four week injury and then three weeks in, he's not running yet. And, and to that, so if it's a blessing in the sky is not having him out there, you know, the much often discussed, at least on Twitter, um, I, don't, I don't know. The, as far as not tweaking things goes, why use an asset for Mark Gasol? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, ulti- ultimately, <laughs> it's not happening now. <laughs> Gasol just pissed off Wade and LeBron real bad by getting their boy fired. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, I don't see, well, yeah, now I definitely don't see why, but even before that, I mean, the Grizzlies have been better, I think, the last two years with off the floor, which seems crazy, um, and obviously doesn't, you know, a lot can change based on who he's actually playing with. You sound like, but, a, you sound like a deli stand right now. I know, and that's terrible, but, but it's something that you need to think about when you're trading for a 32-year-old center that's owed $75 million. And just had a major in, uh, like, January. Right. And he just had a major foot surgery last year. Yeah. So... It just doesn't you know. feel... It never... Like, Justin... I, I understood Justin's case for it in a lot of ways, but to me, it's just like... You just are really playing with fire, and everything has to go right for it to be worth it. And yeah. Here's the here's my question... Would you be if Tristan doesn't look quite right coming back? Would you be interested in DeAndre? I don't think it's worth the Nets pick. Certainly, I don't think I'd trade the Nets pick for almost anything. I mean, they just got smoked tonight. All their players are hurt. Um, Demar Carroll didn't play tonight. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson was hurt tonight. Um, D'Angelo Russell is a bit away. Obviously, no Jeremy Lin. So I, I think as the grind of the season goes on, the Nets have a thin roster with a bunch of young dudes and the dudes that are, have a penchant for being injured. And it's going to get you into the top five. And there's so many. I mean, this draft is top heavy and it's top heavy with not point guards. Yeah. You know, like it's not like, oh, you can pick between this 510 guy and the 61 guy. And you've got Don Seach. You've got, and I'm probably pronounced that really wrong and I apologize. Um, Don you've got Bagley. Nice and okay. easy. Doncic. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. said that, but, you know, my, my nasal condition. Sure. Um, we'll blame your illness. And, they, I mean, you've got Aiton, you've got, or Aton, whatever you want to call it. Aiton um, is crazy. Have you watched him yet? I watched a little bit. I actually, Arizona ended up getting smoked, and he was the only person that scored, it seemed like. But yeah. holy crap. When I was tweeting about the LeBron Aiton pick and rolls, <laughs> it it's crazy how enormous that dude is while being it, like built like a brick shit house and having touch he can shoot threes right and that's what the Cavs have been missing like just that because that's the only place to find him like the only place you find guys with an edge like that is you either dig up a Hassan Whiteside somehow out of out of mothballs or you're in the top 10 of the draft you know i mean oh well if the Cavs are out of the top five maybe they get a miles turner that'd be pretty awesome <laughs> like yeah i um, mean 
Like a guy like Mo Bamba is really like has some limitations, but it'd be pretty nice to drop a dude with a seven nine wingspan into the rotation. Right. Just somebody that like these talents, you know, you're constantly adding into the line late thirties players, early thirties players, and it's fine. But if you're gonna expend your chance that's really the criteria for me. If you're gonna expend your chance to add an Aiton, a Bagley, you know, if you're near the back half of the top ten, Michael Porter probably becomes a consideration. I stay away from back surgeries as a point of principle, so he's out for me. But what if what, know, if, what if it's worst case scenario and then Nets pick lane seventh or eighth? Um, and he's I just mean, still lingering. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you take him. I would think. Um, and unless, I mean, there's. Uh, I'm, I'm taking think. him top five no matter what. If 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 I have the fifth pick and he's the one who falls to me, he's going. I I just think that's how, like, just for, and I'm no scouting expert, but uh, you just look at like the talent drop off from there. Like now you're looking at Miles Bridges who I think might be Wes Johnson. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's like his worst case scenario, of course. But like, I, I just think there's a big drop off past that top five of prospects. And I'll, yeah. I'll t- and like, I do trust this Cavs medical staff quite a bit. Like you hear Isaiah talk about, like, I remember someone t- asked him about the difference being at the Cleveland clinic. And he's like, yeah, it's just better. Like, it's just better than what Boston can offer. Because you have one of the best hospitals in the country, like right there, and they're partnered with you. Right. Like that matters. And like I do think like I'm more willing to take chances on guys like that that have some concern because I do trust the medical staff here a little bit more. Um yeah, I mean there's there's so many tantalizing guys. You've got Jaron Jackson, you've got Robert Williams. Yeah, um, that guy's like really pretty good, man. I watched him play a couple nights ago. He's yeah. good. You got He's, Kevin Knox. Like there's there's guys like everyone oh this is a this is a top four draft yeah I mean yeah it's it's top four superstars but if you trade the pick you're not trading for Paul George you're trading for DeAndre Jordan or yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in DeAndre Marcus Saul yeah. so yeah I mean the criteria has to be at least for me you know it can't be expiring like Jordan it can't be old like Gasol and he's not old old but he's 32 and he's a 300 pound man they age a lot faster um yep at a position that's dying out in the nba it's coming back a bit but still your penultimate opponent is not the guy you want mark saul for um i think that's fair and also like i I, what i said to justin is i would worry about the foot speed of a love uh gasol front court oh man jeez yeah it's, you can have uh, all the savvy you want. That's slow. Yeah, I like Saul just fine, but not fitting into this team and not what it would cost. Um, That's now, what if Tristan Thompson is bad, you know, I think you do have to look at stuff like, I mean, do you look at Kenneth Fareed? No, I think you just, you... I just think you have to hope he gets better. Like, I think that's a weird one where it's like, yeah, you just have to be better or we can't win because we can't you I guess here's my question. If they're at the deadline and we're in February and we don't have we they don't find themselves a suitor for the Nets pick. Like there's just like Paul George is not available. 
They don't want to give him up for Gasol, which is fine. Like, there's just nothing there. They definitely should trade their own pick at that point, right? Um, like, once their back's against the wall and they're not trading their, the Nets pick anyway. I get why you don't trade your own pick now. Because you can't. Because then you can't move the Nets pick at the deadline if something crazy happens. But once you're at the deadline... Probably, yeah. Um, I mean... It, well, it's all contextual. Because if you have, if you go into the draft and you've got uh, you've got two picks, one of them being the Nets pick, and and some big contracts that you can balance salary with, um, you might be in a, a bit of an alpha position then. If the best, you know, if the best you can get, what 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 is the tier of player you're looking for with the Cavs pick? Like Darrell Arthur. I think you uh, can get someone better than that, and I think some of these teams. I think the buyers, the prospective buyers on the market right now, don't are asset poor. The Celtics still have a ton of assets, but I think they're just gonna. I think they're just taking this season as a way to get those wings more reps. Like I don't think they have real delusions of the finals internally. No. Um, so they have assets. They can't, they can't score. Yeah. So I guess like they might consider taking taking a swing. Like I really think like. If it's looking really ugly in L.A., if you trade Tristan and the Cavs pick for DeAndre, I think you get him. Am Man. I crazy? You might be. I, I don't know. Of, I just, I just that's think that's a the, lot. Of, if you're, if you're offloading DeAndre Jordan, you know, are you going to do it to lock yourself into Tristan Thompson's that's salary? That's fair for the grease of a 28th pick. Yeah, that's probably fair. I guess I don't know. I just think the price is going to be lower, or the the buyer. It's going to be a, a buyer's market because. The Celtics probably won't make their move this year. The Pistons don't. I mean, what are the Pistons? Come on. The Raptors just uh, used a bunch of assets to dump salary. The Sixers, they're they're not. They're keeping their powder dry. They're not stupid. Uh, the Wizards, they don't really have a ton in the way of assets. I guess they could go chase a boogie, but like they're not just going to go chase a marginal role player with their pick. Uh, and they, they don't have anyone to. Yeah, they don't really have a lot to to grease the wheels with. And then if you look at West, the Rockets don't have a ton to move. Uh, the, you, we found that out when they couldn't slap together salary to get mellow. Like they're kind of locked into what they got. They don't have a ton of future assets. The Warriors don't need it, nor will they do it. The Spurs, they don't. They're not a big trade team. Blazers just burned an asset to dump Alan Crab. Uh, you know, like you just go down the line. T Wolves just traded for Jimmy. They're they're not sending a ton of picks out. It's just like you look at the teams that might be buying one of these, like plus role players that could be had for a late first. And I don't think there's a lot of teams that are going to do it. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're in with that is going to be Shump and not Tristan. Yeah, I think Shump. And I think teams might. I mean, there is there a chance Shump opts out of that deal just out of pure hubris? Mm, no. I, I think, mean, I guess. It's I think possible, he could. I think there's the, like a the better chance burst. than there should be. The, the bubble, bubble burst. did burst. So I don't think there's a, a pot of gold on the other side. And he's not going to have a lot of time to, to get on tape and, and really show, hey, give me another $15 million a season. Yeah. Like that $10 million is – that's probably more than he can uh, – $10 million is probably going to be his next contract total. You know, two years at five or – Two years for for twelve or thirteen. I don't think he's going to get ten mil a season again. I want to be um, clear in saying that if he does opt out, I 
know he will lose money. I think it's more like getting <laughs> bad advice or like I just think there's a chance he's like, no, I'm I'm going to go get myself some uh, another contract. And then he does not at all. Um, like that happens I'm all the in. time, right? Like, look, at, oh, yeah, look at Nerlens. There's also, you know, there's a, there's a Kings around every corner. Yes. Um, I just think that's where, you know, the Nuggets have 20 power forwards. Juancho Herman Go- Hernan Gomez would be nice. But yeah, a guy like I that that's young and can shoot and maybe defend a little bit. Uh, but also Millsap's out for the year, so or out for three months. So Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think if there's a deal there at the deadline, they'll take it with that first round, their own first rounder. But, but none of this matters because the, th- the Thunder are going to lose like 10 games in a row, and then they're going to trade Paul George. For the Cavs pick. <laughs> Taking Justin's jokes. Um, oh, man. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Sorry, man. I mean, honestly, though, if you are the Thunder, and this just keeps getting worse, which, I mean, their point differential is plus four, and their three yeah, teams under five. it's not that There's bad. no way it continues. But at what point, like, if you're at the deadline and you're under 500, do you take calls? Uh, like, George, yeah. George seems miserable. I mean, you'd have to have a pretty honest conversation with Paul George, but... Yeah, you know, always have to say, "Hey, man, where are you at? Season's going awry. Like, if you're gonna leave, just let me know, and I'll ship your ass out of here now." Um, yeah. Is that kind of a conversation possible? Probably not. But <laughs> I don't know, man. He was pretty forced. Like, people wanted to kill him for the indie thing, but he was pretty forthright with them. Yeah. Like he and was like, got them, "I don't want to stay talent. here," and they got guys back, even though we made fun of the deal. Like. Like, he told them he was not going to stay, and they were able to make a decision based on that. Like, that's yeah. better than stringing them along. And, you know, if he's telling OKC, like, listen, it's not working. I'm not having fun here. I don't want to stay long term. You already got your prize, which is re-signing Russ. Which is a bummer for Russ if this is how this plays out, but, like, OKC did all this to re-sign Russ, right? I don't think it can be a bummer when you have a $200 million contract. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like OKC did all of this. This whole offseason was to convince Russ to stay. Oh, yeah. I He's mean, that's, you've got to sell tickets. And that's where there's that, that conversation that was going all over Twitter about, oh, you got to blow it up at just the right time. And, you know, when you know your runs at the end of the line, just trade everything you have of value to get assets. And that's great if you're in Boston or Houston or L.A. or, you know, you can't do that in Oklahoma City or Minnesota or Cleveland or, you know, like the the margin between profitable and not profitable and the Cavs claim to be not profitable. Um, I don't see how that's possible. I, I think they're kind of stashing money. Yeah, I think I think the money's getting stashed a little bit, <laughs> but like they're not profitable before you add in. Uh, you know, merchandise are not profitable before you add in third party sales of Jersey, like stuff yeah. like that. It's just like, um, come on. Yeah. So it, it doesn't seem possible, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that lose money because you can't do a rebuild in Memphis that takes more than four years. Look at Denver. <laughs> yeah. Like Denver I mean, just was playing to empty arenas for three years. Right. And they still are. Nobody goes to Nuggets games. I have friends. Yeah, they're um, good. I think I'm going I think I'm going to Denver in March, actually. 
um, to, to hang out nice. with some of my friends. And, uh, like, they always they, they say there's nobody there. Um, so you, you can't do that. You know, you lose fans in markets like this that have the Browns, the Indians, the Broncos. Like, you, you just can't do it. Um, huh. I agree. And in Oklahoma City, where you're competing with the Sooners – you know, you have to keep that draw at all times while you can. And they so, did. So, yeah, no matter the outcome, you know, it's, it's smart if you can sign Russ to a long-term deal. Yeah, it's a win, and that's why I think they're able— I think because they secured that extension already, if it continues to not go well for whatever reason, whether the numbers should equal out like they do or not, I think they'll be more willing to have that discussion because they've already secured Russ. Yeah. Um, but this is all probably a pipe dream because they're actually pretty freaking good. They just are losing. Yeah, they're just getting they're just destroyed terrible. in close minutes. Yeah, they're just terrible in close games. Like, impossible. That's the thing. Like, they seem impossibly bad. They like, it are. should not be possible to post a net rating of, like, negative 70 in clutch time. But they do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I mean, it's in freaking sane how bad they are. And, like, I think a lot of it's just going to even out. Like, I do think some of it is growing pains, uh, but then a lot of it's just like they're missing open shots. Like, hold on, I'm, I'm like their their net rating in the clutch right now is minus forty two point two in thirty seven clutch <laughs> minutes. Like, come That's on, That's impossible. Oh, the Nets lost. They lost by fourteen tonight. Yep, they're getting better. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I, I think we, I think we've made fun of them and rightfully so in a lot of ways by the way the thunder are shooting 21 percent from three in the clutch <laughs> um you, I, I do think we've made fun of people who said that but like as someone who's watched a lot of Nets games this year they are feistier than we wanted to pretend they were at the beginning of the year is that fair to say i mean yeah they're feisty but come on man they don't have any players like <laughs> yeah. they Alan Crabb and I don't know. They, they like I said, they've got a bunch of guys that are known for having injury issues. They've got a bunch of guys that are very young, and this is when it flips. Remember that the Cavs were seven and eleven in LeBron's first year gone. Like, yeah, I remember that. You know, That's a great yeah, point. You get to the grind and you lose five games in a row. And all of a sudden, no one's trying, you know, no one's playing 110% all the time because you're getting kicked in the teeth every night. Um, that's just how it is. When, when you get into the stretch run, we know who's going to fall off for the most part. And, and I guess it's possible they don't. But if they don't, Kenny Atkinson should be up for coach of the year because they have nothing on their roster as yeah. it, on a scale of NBA players. Obviously, they have good players, not comparatively to the rest of the league. Yeah, that's a really good point about how that, that midseason draw kind of knocks out teams like the Nets that are a little talent deficient and try hardy. Like, sure, like people love to say, well, they, they don't have to, they have nothing to tank for. It's like being <laughs> sick of coming into work is a good reason to tank. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you're, you're, you have no light at the end of the tunnel other than getting your paycheck. You know that they're looking to replace you as soon as they can get assets. And you're playing your fourth game in five nights. Like, what, 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 are, you, what are you getting up for? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So, anyway, we can probably wrap it up here. We've gone about an hour. Uh, and really, I think fairly uh, measured 
and uh, responsible analysis from you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't believe I got you to take a pod this seriously on November 27th. It's yeah, I am. I'm sick in the head. Apparently, you're soft, man. I, I got very you while literally, you're... very literally. My my head is so swollen and sinusy that <laughs> I, I got can you while think. you were sick, and I think that was really important to get a uh, to get to get a, an earnest discussion about Cavaliers basketball in November. Because so many times I have hit gone to that G chat, and you've just been like, "It's November. Shut the hell up, Carter." <laughs> So I, will, is, I will always have that for you in G chat, but thanks. I will never, I will never do that to you. Thanks, thanks for I not can, tanking the pod. Mark it myself. Thank you. That's fair. Uh, so that that'll be our show. Um, be sure if you are looking to support the show, go to draft.com/slash the chase down. Uh, sign up uh, for uh, daily fantasy using promo code the chase down. That's all one word. Uh, you get a free uh, play with your first deposit. And that's really the best way to help the pod. Another good way to help the pod, please subscribe. Please leave a review on iTunes. That really helps draw viewers. So for myself, Carter Rodriguez, uh, you can find Ryan Morton's uh, musings at the official Fear the Sword handle. And you can find his uh, not safe for work musings at Ryan underscore Morton. Uh, but, you know, just be, be mindful when you go there. Uh, I'm always safe for work because I'm always working. That's actually a really good point, Mort. You do work a lot of hours, but manage to be on Twitter quite a bit, just like me. Anyway, that was the chase down. Uh, once again, please leave us a review. Please subscribe. And as always, go Cavs. To the beat.